This is called the perfect husband. Y'all want, y'all want to know about that? All you wives want to know about that? Several men are in the locker room of a golf club and a cell phone on a bench rings and a man engages the hands-free speaker function. He begins to talk. Everyone else in the room stops to listen. The man said, hello. The woman said, hi, honey. Are you at the club? The man said, yes. The woman said, I'm at the shops right now and I found this beautiful leather coat. It's only $2,000. Is it okay if I buy it? The man said, sure, go ahead if you like it that much. The woman said, I also stopped by the Lexus dealership and I saw the new models. <laughs> well, I saw one I really liked. The man said, how much? The woman said, $90,000. The man said, okay, but for that price, I want, I want it with all the options. You'd think it had all the options for that, wouldn't you? The woman said, great. Oh, and one more thing. I was just talking to Janie and found out that the house I wanted last year is back on the market, and they're asking $980,000 for it. The man said, well, go ahead then and make an offer of $900,000. They'll probably take it. If not, we can go the extra $80,000 if that's what you really want. The woman said, okay, thank you, honey. I love you so much. I'll see you later. The man said, bye, I love you too. The man hangs up. The other, the other men in, in the locker room are staring at him in astonishment. Mouths wide open. He turns and asks, anyone know whose phone this is? So be careful what you're committing to. <laughs> be more, more important, be careful where you left your cell phone. <laughs> All right. Praise God. Look at James chapter 1. James chapter 1. James chapter 1 and verse 4. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect or mature and complete, lacking nothing. Won't you read that together with me? But let patience, come on, read it with me. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. How many of you believe that's important? How many believe that's, that, that's good to be mature, complete, and lacking nothing? What, what does it take for that to happen? We have to let patience have its perfect work. Let it go full term that you may be mature, whole, lacking nothing. Um, Hebrews 10, verse 36. Hebrews 10, 36. For you have need of what? That after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. How many, of you, how many of you standing or believing for something today? Okay, you've got need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Then uh, Hebrews 6, verse 12. Let's, let's look at that. That you, should, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and what? Who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Let me tell you something, guys. Patience is a key ingredient in possessing our inheritance. Let me show you that. Look at Galatians chapter 5. Look at Galatians chapter 5 with me and verse 21. Galatians 5 verse 21. Uh, actually, it starts with uh, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are, the, are evident. It goes on down all these different works of the flesh. Then verse 21 Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not what? Will not what? Will not inherit the kingdom of God, but, and he goes on then to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, uh, in, 
you, if you're practicing these things, you're not going to inherit. He didn't say you wouldn't be saved. He didn't say you wouldn't go to heaven. He said you wouldn't inherit the things of the kingdom of God, which certainly could, it could involve you know, your personal salvation if you're not born again. But I'm talking about, uh, you, you know, here, he's specifically talking to the church, and he said, if you're practicing these things, you're not going to inherit. There's, some, there's an aspect of in my inheritance that I have for you, you're not going to receive. But then he goes on and says, listen, if you practice releasing the fruit of the Spirit, which includes patience, you will inherit. I said, you will inherit. Through faith and patience, we inherit. Now, I want to talk to you about an eight-letter word that most people uh, really count as, a, as an enemy. And it's called patience. Everybody say patience. The, my message today is simply this. Make patience your friend. Make patience your friend. How many of you will admit to me that at least in the natural... Patience is not a friend to you. <laughs> well, a lot of Christians I know, it's that way. But here, he says that all these wonderful things happen, that through patience, we, we're complete, we're mature, we, we lack nothing. That, how many believe that's a good thing? Through, through patience, we receive the promises. Through patience, we inherit. Man, we ought to make patience our friend. Well, that's what we're going to do today. We're going, we're going to talk about how to make patience your friend. And tonight, we're going to, we're, we're going to, I'm going to talk to you. Uh, I want to encourage you to come back tonight, uh, not just because I want a crowd, but because God's shown me a, a very significant key that will unlock healing for you and your family. And then we're going to pray for the sick tonight. If you know someone who's sick, Bring them. And we're going to talk about a very important key, one key that will unlock healing for you and, and it'll, it'll be powerful. But now, this morning, I want to talk about making patience your friend. The flesh doesn't like the word patience very much, does it? I mean, the flesh doesn't like to wait on anything. Isn't that true? I mean, on, you're on hold on the phone. You're in the line at the grocery store. And you're, just, and, and you're just blessing them all really good, right? I mean, we probably get more customers if we advertised a church drive through and tithe window. You know, you just come on through, you just drive through, and we got CDs of the, DVDs of the services, you know, give me your tithe and This would be simpler to the flesh, wouldn't it? I mean, why do I need to take the time to come in? Just, just <laughs> praise God. But how many of you know the kingdom of God doesn't work like a convenience store? God is your Father. He's not the heaven, your heavenly cash register. Real things, kingdom things, take some time. Love in your spirit, man, are first of all, Patient. What does 1 Corinthians 13, 4 tell us? Love, first of all, is what? Patient. It suffers long. That, that word suffer long in, in, the, in the Greek means patient. Love is patient, first of all. The first thing that love is, and your spirit man is, is what? And kind, by the way, while you're being patient. Look at it, read it. Love suffers long and is? <laughs> One more time, it's what? While it's being what? Awesome. You guys, man, you guys are awesome Bible school students. Hallelujah. I had, a, I had a guy in Bible school that, was, uh, that came to me and he was wanting counsel. Um, he said he felt like the Lord was leading him to he went over on a mission trip to, to Russia, and now he's feeling, you know, led to get married to a girl he met one time. Uh, and he's 60, she's 35. He's a U.S. citizen, she's an, a Russian girl. And he said, I have perfect peace about it. 
you know, using the Holy Ghost peace card. And so I'm listening to him for a while. And I, you know, and I'm not, listen, I'm not God. I'm not, I'm not trying to tell him, you know, this is God or not God as far as, you know, I mean, there's certainly you've got an, you've got an age difference of what, 25 years. Uh, you've, got, you've got a cultural difference. Plus, you know, you've got, you know, the, she's, in, she's in, enamored with the fact that this guy is from the United States and all this. And she could be his, you know, his uh, pot of gold and, and, and all this. And I'm just, I'm just saying, listen, you know, I'm not trying to tell you yay or nay or that a 60-year-old couldn't marry a 35-year-old or that a, that a United States citizen couldn't marry a Russian girl. I'm not telling you any, I'm not telling you yay or nay though, but I'm, t- I'm telling you, you've got two or three strikes against you. And you need, you need, to, you need to put a little patience. You need, you, need to put, you need to slow down just a bit to make sure that you, you get to know one another, you're spending time with each other, you know that this is God. He said, no, I've got peace. And, and so I know it's God. I said, let me tell you something. I, I don't trust your peace. Because I know God and I know this about love. Love is first of all patient. And patient right now you are not. <laughs> he didn't like my counsel. And that's, uh, he went off and did his thing. But I'm telling you, Guys, you know, you, you, can, you can wait. If it's God, it's worth waiting on. Amen? Only one thing, one thing worse than being lonely. And that's being together and being miserable. <laughs> Selah. <laughs> Some... <laughs> No, I mean, you know, it's like after a while, you know, I've been down the road a while and, you know, this guy's, you know, people will pull the Holy Ghost card and the, I've got peace and everything. No, man, I'm telling you, I don't trust your peace because it, 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 it doesn't look like love at, at all to me. And if it's not love, it's not God. And if it's not patient, it's not love. And if it's not love, it's not God. We've got to make patience our friend. So we've made it our enemy. We treat it like it's, like it's the plague. You know, like, give me patience and give it to me now and don't, you know. And, and it's, but it's, I, I don't want to wait on anything. And I'm telling you, love is patient. Aren't you glad God's patient with us? Hallelujah. <clears throat> Psalm 62. Look there with me. Psalm 62. In verse 5, Psalm 62, verse 5. My soul, and see that's where we have the issues. Our spirit's right with God for born again. But my soul, that's where we have problems waiting and patience, isn't it? My soul, wait silently for God alone for my expectation is, is, is from who? It's from God. My expectation is from Him. And, and you know, we've got to... We've, we've got to wait, learn to wait upon God and get our expectation on Him. Only those who are expecting from God will truly wait on God. Others that have their dependence on other things, they're not really going to take the time to wait on God. But if it's God, how many of you believe that, that illustration I gave you, that, will, that it would have been beneficial, most beneficial? And that's what I told this guy. If you really love this girl, then you take the time to make sure this is right. Instead of breaking her heart and, and giving her the wrong picture of God and you saying it's God and everything else. There are many things that we miss because we're not willing to wait on the Lord. Many things we miss because we're not willing to wait on the Lord. You know, I, I'm all about going for it with all my heart, but I want to know that I know that I want to know that what I'm going for is God, not only the what First First Peter one eleven, but the what manner of time. How many of you know there is a what? You can know the what, but do you know the what manner of time? To every to every purpose, Ecclesiastes I think it's eight six 
Every purpose, there is both time and judgment. There's timing and strategy to every purpose. And we need to know not only the what, you know, that's, that's where I, whenever I've missed it, I've usually missed it when I've known the what, but I haven't followed him on the what manner of time. And we need to learn to wait on the Lord. Rebecca knew the what, didn't she? She had a word from God that Jacob was going to rise up and he was going to be the one that was going to take the family inheritance. But then, you know, it looked like Isaac was going to mess up. And Isaac, you know, Isaac wasn't following her her vision and her dream and, her, and the word that she got from God. So what did, what did Rebecca do? She manipulated. How many, she helped, tried to help God out. How many of you know God needs us to help Him out? <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, He's talking to you again. Okay. <laughs> hey, you don't accomplish the will of God through manipulation. Trying to help God out. Well, I got this word from God so I can just bust in there and do it my way and run people over and, you know, all this stuff. How, do, you, do, you know, do you know Rebecca never saw her grandchildren? Never saw them. Never saw them. How many of you know that's not a good, good deal? How many of you all know that wasn't the will of God? Second Peter Chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Everybody say, add to your faith. Virtue and to virtue, knowledge and, and, to, and to knowledge, temperance and to temperance, what? What do we need to add to our faith? Patience. Patience. Learn to, learn to hold fast to the promise of God and don't let go until it's in your hand. Hebrews 10.23, I know I'm giving you a lot of scriptures, but I'm, I'm trying to help you make patience your friend. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He's faithful that promised. We need to hold fast to the promise of God and not let it go until we get it in our hand. Let me, let me, let me compare, let me tell you what patience is like. And how faith and patience work together. Remember we gave you, already gave you scripture through faith and patience we inherit. Faith and patience work together like this. How many of you ever been fishing? You ever been fishing? You ever, you ever been deep sea fishing? Or, or, or you've, been, you've been up in Canada and, and, or someplace where you're fishing for, I mean, those big northern pike. Or, or some place where, I mean, they have big fish. How many of you ever been big fish fishing? Okay, and so, you know, you get a hold of those fish and you get one of those big fish. And how many of you know you don't just pull it up out of the water? You hook it, right? And you make sure and get that hook set. And then now the fight is on. Yeah? I said the fight is on. My, my brother and I, uh, my brother's with Jesus uh, now, but my brother and I were in Canada fishing Way up north, uh, and back back where the only, I mean we had to get we had to fly in and 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 land on the lake and and went out there. The only people that were there were Indians, and we man we went back and portaged way back in area where you know it was just nobody had ever been. And these you know took our carried our little boat and everything and went back in there and. And, then, and they said, this is where all the big fish are. And I looked, my brother was on one side of the boat fishing over here, sitting like this. I'm, I'm here fishing on this side of the boat. And on this side of the boat, I looked down in clear water. It looked like a log. But all of a sudden, the log started moving. And it had a line hooked to it. My brother had snagged this fish. And it had to be a 25-pound northern pike. I mean, I'm telling you, it was huge. But this fish started to move, and my brother's over here, and the fish is over here on the other side of the boat, and he, and he, and he yanked that too hard. And the fish in the line just went on down the stream. And we were, we were talking about the, the fish that got away because my brother didn't have patience. He didn't add patience to his faith. He snagged the fish. And many times faith is like that. 
You get a hold of the Word of God. You hear pastor preach a, preach a message and you get a hold of the Word of God and man, you're excited about it. In, in faith, you snag it in the spirit realm. I mean, you hook that, whatever it is that promise is. And then now it's a, it, the, the bigger the promise, the greater the fight. And now we have to add something to our faith. We have to add patience if we're going to reel in from the spirit realm what God has promised. And, and patience isn't an enemy. If you don't add patience, you know, it's like that big fish. You get a hold of it. You know, you, got, you reel it in, but then you got to let it run. And you reel it in, you got to let it run. And you reel it in, you got to, I mean, who wants to go through all that? Well, I do if I want the fish. How long do I keep doing that? I don't know. However long it takes to bring the fish in the boat. But too many of us, we're, you know, we, patience has been an enemy. And we don't want to wait on anybody or anything. And so what happens is the promise of God that God surely made real to you, it just goes off down the stream of, of, of the spirit in the spirit realm, just like that big 25-pound pike did with my brother. The bigger the fish, the harder the fight, the longer it takes. But I'll tell you, it's worth getting it in the boat. I said, it's worth the fight. It's worth the wait. It's worth adding patience. And here's the deal. Anybody that ever tells you that the devil, one thing about him, he's sure a patient fella lied. That's a lie from hell. The devil doesn't have patience. You and I do. And you and I can outlast the devil any day of the, any day of the world. We can outlast him. He doesn't have patience. You and I have it. It's part of the fruit of the Spirit. He doesn't have that. I can outlast Him every day, every time. The problem is, is when we, 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 we hook that big fish by faith, we hook that promise in the spirit realm, and then we try to reel it in in the flesh. Is it okay if I give you, a negative, if I give you one of my true confessions? My wife and I started getting a hold of the Word, started getting a hold of faith, and this was several years ago, and we were living in apartments, and we, we, we knew it was God's will for us to have a house. And the Bible talks about us having goodly houses. Right? Houses. Hallelujah. And so, <laughs> we're believing God for a house. We, man, we, man we, we believed it was God's will for us to have our own home. And man, we... We got scriptures and man, we, we prayed and confessed and we, we agreed together and believed for our house. And then we add a little something to it to help God out within 30 days. Now we're, we hooked a big fish. We're trying to bring that big fish in in 30 days. Well, God's a big God and all things are possible. Could He do it in 30 days? Sure, but He didn't tell us to add something like a time frame to our faith. And that's why I pastored for 27 years, 24 in one place. Whenever prophets came through our house and they started putting time frames on words that they had, I would always pull them aside and say, please, unless you absolutely know that God said within a certain time, don't put a time frame on that word. We put a 30-day time frame. We're believing God. And to prove that we're in faith, and we, we were living in a nice apartment in Houston, Texas, I mean very nice, <laughs> we, we put our notice in. <laughs> Man, we're praising God. 10 days after we prayed, 15 days, man, we're worshiping God, praising God. Man, God's a miracle working God. He can do anything. We've got our house. I know it. I knew it in my heart. Man, 20 days, 25 days, I'm sweating it now. (laughs) 
Man, I mean, I'm, we're, well, but I'm still, you know, I'm still putting my confession out there, praising God. Now it's 29 days, 30 days, 31 days. <laughs> Watching the clock. I know God can still do it. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's six o'clock. I know some, some miracle's going to happen, you know. It's nine o'clock, it's 10 o'clock, it's 11 o'clock, and God, I know you can still do the miracle. And at midnight, the clock struck 12, and our, feather, our faith feathers fell. You ever been there? And we had to move out of that apartment, and we had to move in with Mama. Oh, Jesus. I think Brian, Brian was probably, uh, how old was he? Two. He was two. And, <laughs> and you know, he just, he just had, he just needed a little attention. And he, <laughs> I mean, if you set a boundary, Brian's going to cross it. I mean, that's a, he's going to test it. And so, you know, we give, we give our, we give our little two-year-old a, you know, uh, some wisdom with that rod of instruction on the seat of correction. And, and I mean, ma mama and daddy just did not like, I mean, her mama and daddy just did not like that. We were being terrible, mean. I said, okay, we'll give you Brian for two, three days and see what you do with him. <laughs> but I mean, we had 30 days of hell. And then we, we got in the first apartment that we could get into. And I mean, it was roach infested. And Janice is great with, great with mice and roaches. And gr she's great with child, with my, with my second son, Michael. And I mean, you know, and the air conditioning went out. And I mean, it was just, it was, a, it was, ah, it was not good. And I, what happened, John? I knew. I said, I knew. That I, I knew that I knew that I knew in my knower that we were supposed to believe for this house. Somebody tell me what we did wrong. We had put a time frame on it. And our, our faith feathers fell. And I mean, it was, it was, I don't know how long after that, Charlie, it was probably three months, I finally got courage to ask God. What happened? I mean, I, I know we heard God. I know we prayed. I know we were believing God. And he, he spoke to me real clear. He said, I, I said, did I miss it or what? He said, son, you were doing just fine in faith until you let a little mechanism with springs and hands on it click a few times and convince you to let go of my promise. He said, it's not too late. Get back in faith. Pick up the promise hold on to it and add patience to it and get your eyes off the clock and the calendar and what I promised you will come to pass. Now, I'm talking to somebody today here. You believed God and you heard God and you got, the, you got a word of God. Maybe it's from Pastor. Maybe it was from Dale Gentry. Maybe doesn't matter where you, maybe it was from the Bible. Oh, what a novel thought. You know, but you got that word and you grabbed a hold of it and you prayed and you believed. But then you added something to it that God didn't lead you to do. He, you put a time frame on it. You put a, your calendar and clock on it. And then when, whenever that hit that point, you just dropped it and let it go. Let me encourage you today. You can pick it back up. I said, you can pick it back up. And that's what I did. I asked, I asked God, Philip, you mean I can pick that back up? Now it's three, four months later. We're in a roach-infested apartment. We really need a house now. He said, pick it up. And I'm telling you what, and then we, then we got, all right, God, what kind of house do you want us to have? And man, I mean, he got us, I'm telling you, he got us this awesome house. And we, and we, ended, up in, we ended up in the house. But I'm, I'm telling you guys, the problem is, is what many do in the body of Christ. They get in faith. And they try to pull the fish in ahead of time. They don't want to wait. They don't add patience to it. Too many times, too many Christians quit too easy. 
Whenever you embrace a revelation or receive vision for your life and ministry, don't be surprised when you face a great fight of affliction. That's what, that's what Hebrews 10 verse 32 talks about. Turn over there with me. Hebrews 10 verse 32. It's what happens many times. But call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of affliction. How many of you remember that? After you were illuminated on the Word of God, you got revelation on something, but then you, you had a great fight of affliction. Where, where's our sister that, that, uh, is, that we prayed for this morning? Where are you at? Okay, listen, you, you got a hold of the Word of God, but, the, but then every report, every report you get initially doesn't always line up with what you got a hold of. The bottom line is this. Realize, as Pastor told you this morning, the first report's not the last report, but God's report, if you hold on to it, will rule the day. You will win out. Amen? Hallelujah. But we've got to, you've got to, look, I'd I'd rather receive it right away, wouldn't you? But, But the bottom line is this. Whatever you hook in faith in the spirit realm is worth adding patience to. Well, how long do I have to wait? Till you, get the, till you get the fish in the boat. There's no set time. Sometimes it's real easy because the enemy just was asleep. And he's not omnipresent. And so you got that prayer in the boat and you got that man. Praise God, it works that way all the time. No, it doesn't. Why? Because one day he wakes up and he said, we better mount some opposition against this person's faith or they're going to do great damage to my kingdom. And so you ought to just take it as a compliment. Take it as a, as a great testimony that if that the devil throwing opposition at you uh, is proof that you're a threat to him. And he's scared of you. Don't, don't let it bother you. Just say, thank you, Mr. Devil for the testimony you just sent to me that what I'm believing for is causing you to have a nervous breakdown. It's causing you to mount forces against me. i got news for you. I've got patience and you don't and I will outlast you. Let's go on, let's go on and, and read Hebrews 10, verse 32. And in verse 33, who through faith subdued... <coughs> While part, uh, verse 33, while you were made a gazing stock by reproaches, afflictions, and partly while you became companions of them that were so used. <clears throat> verse 34, for you had compassion of me and my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing that in yourselves you have in heaven a better and enduring substance. Verse 34, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has a great recompense of reward. <clears throat> For you have need of what? That after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. How many of you want the promise? Add patience to it. Verse 37, for yet a little while. Look at your neighbor. Say, he's talking to you again. Say, a little while. He that shall come will come and will not tarry. Verse 38, now the just shall live by what? But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. We are not of those who draw back, but of those that believe to the saving of the soul. What does that mean? We have patience, and patience is our friend, and patience will bring us victory every time if we won't let go. Whenever you embrace a revelation or a vision for your life or ministry, don't be surprised when you face a great fight of affliction. Many times the only problem is the devil just, he just not, he, you know, he just was asleep, like I said. But then he wakes up. The issue is this, he's scared to death of you. How many of you know he's a defeated foe? But he's not dead yet. He's defeated, but he's, but he's still around. And he's, gonna, and he's not going to roll over and let you take territory from him without some resistance. And it's time for you and I to let patience work, to not let go because of disappointment or delay. And don't, and don't take shortcuts to accomplish the will of God. 
Let me tell you another true confession story. There was a time we, my wife and I, we, um, we, we needed a new car. You ever been there? So we, again, we agreed together. Believe God for a new car. Man, we're praying, we're trusting God, you know, and I mean, it wasn't, you know, how long after we prayed when these folks took us out to lunch at Luby's Restaurant in Houston, Texas. You remember how long it was? It was a couple weeks after we prayed. A couple weeks after we prayed, these, these folks, and our car was a bomb, man. We needed a new car. And so they, they came and, um, and, and, and they took us out to lunch and, and all of a sudden, you know, they just pulled out of their, they, right there in that restaurant, and they just pulled out the keys to this 1980 T-Bird. And this was 1982, so it was fair, or 1981, 82. I mean, it, and it was, I mean, it was nice. And they handed the keys. Underneath the table, nobody saw. My, I got a swift kick in the leg from my wife. Because along with the keys, they handed us a payment book. And they were upside down in their T-Bird. And... And so I, I said, praise God. <laughs> I get another kick. <laughs> Man, you need, you need to listen. You need to be, take heed to those under-the-table kicks. <laughs> and she never does this, but she did it that time. <laughs> you know, are those pinches, you know, on the knee? <laughs> Ow! <laughs> And so I, took, I grabbed the keys with the payment book, stuck it in my pocket, and while I drove home in a new car, way overhead and heels in debt with it. And I got up the next Sunday morning in our little church, and I started testifying how God had come through for us and answered our prayer. I didn't tell them I got the payment with the car. We never had so much trouble making payments, John, on a car in all of our lives. Two Sundays later, this, was it two Sundays or the next Sunday? The next Sunday. The next Sunday. Fast forward. This couple's getting up in our church. They're moving back to New York. They had a, they had a six-month-old car paid for. And they got up and said, well, we just want, we just want to know this has been a blessing to us being here in this church. And, and, uh, and, and we're, we're so glad, we're so glad that Pastor Moore got, uh, got a new car because me and my wife and I had prayed about that and we were going to give them our car, but since they got one, we gave it to our sister. And that, and that T-Bird, it was a bomb, Kevin. I mean, after a while, I mean, the headliner came down in it. I mean, it was, I mean, we, we had that thing. And, and it, 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 it had hot water that came out from the inside the car that burned my wife's feet. And, and, then, and then, now as it, I mean, we, we, we got to keep this thing as a reminder of our lack of patience. I tried to get rid of it, Charlie. I couldn't get rid of it. So I got to keep this car. Well, this car, we found out later, would start without a key. You just turn it. And while I'm in preaching, my spiritual son, full of God, was out in the parking lot driving my car around. I don't know how many cars you banged into and everything else. He and his buddies. <laughs> and they, they affectionately called it the Thunder Chicken. <laughs> I mean, man, I rejoiced in the day. What did we do with that car? We probably put it in the junkyard, didn't we? I don't know. 
I rejoice for the day when that thunder chicken finally went to, finally went to car, car hell. <laughs> all because, all because we, we, we couldn't wait one more week. What you've snagged in faith may be right around the corner. All you've got to do is add patience to it. Don't take shortcuts. Believe God and what do you do? Having done all to stand, you stand. You rejoice. God, what you promised, you're able to fulfill and you don't need me to help you out and you don't need, sure don't need me to take a car with payments that's upside down. I learned my lesson. <laughs> I learned to follow the Lord and, and, and obey my wife's kicks. <laughs> 1 Thessalonians 2, 2, verse 18. And we're winding down here. I've got the airport inside. Is that okay? We're about to come to a landing here in just a moment. If you get this and decide, you know what, I've, these experiences helped me to make a decision. Patience is going to be my friend because my impatience became my enemy. Actually, uh, I, I didn't share this scripture with you, but Isaiah 28, 16 says this, whoever believes will not act hastily. Whoever believes will not act hastily. How many of you believe? Then add patience to your faith. Now, 1 Thessalonians 2.18. Let's look at that. 1 Thessalonians 2.18. Therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan what? Satan what? Did he stop us? Did he, did he defeat us? Did he rule over us? What did he do? He just hindered us. There's other scriptures in the Bible, Romans 113, Romans 15, 22, talk about how there's a, there's a hindering that happens that when the enemy wakes up to the fact that we've got, we've got a hold of something in faith, he's going to try to hinder you. Danny's going to try to hinder you. But you know, all he can do is hinder you a bit. He can't defeat you. He's, he's the one that's defeated. Amen? And, and he, can't, he can't stop us. But when he tries to hinder us by cutting in front of us with circumstances, that are intended to delay or distract us from the promise of God, realize this, he's after the word, guys. I said he's after the word. So you got a hold of the promise, you just hang on and add patience to it and take the time frame off. Get the calendar away from your faith. Get the clock and throw it away. Has nothing to do with your faith. And, and go back to those prophetic words that have been spoken to you where the prophet, you know, unintentionally or intentionally put a time frame on it and put an X over the time frame and put a big circle around the Word of God and say, I'm hooking that big fish and I don't care how long it takes to get in my boat. And he might hinder me some. He might get in the way some. He might block, he might send people, he might, all kinds of things, but I got news for you. I've got something he doesn't. I've got the patience of God living on the inside of me and I will add that to my faith and if I'll add that to my faith, if you'll add that to your faith, you will inherit. You will pull in what you've been believing God for and many of you started strong Man, you, you, everything was going great and then something happened and your feathers fell. Well, I got news for you. If we, can, if we can get back in faith and put our faith in God and throw the calendar away and get our house and, and we did get another car <laughs> after we nuked that one. I don't know what we did with it, but <laughs> it was a glorious day when we, <laughs> we sent that one to the junkyard. Satan can't stop us, but he will try to hinder us. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8. 
says this. I'm just going to give you one more verse after this. We're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Look at verse 9. Go to verse 9. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Listen, guys. This is a wonderful testimony by the Apostle Paul that, that he, where we've not allowed persecutions to affect our faith and our trust in God. We've not allowed all that the enemy's trying to do. That, and, and it ought to be, again, a testimony to you that you started believing God. Why do you think all the opposition? Why do you think all these things have attacked you? Why do you think that all this is happening? You got a hold of the Word, and He knows if you add patience to it, His kingdom is coming now. One more verse. 2 Corinthians 2.14 Now thanks be unto God which most of the time some of the time many times always say always with me always causes us to triumph in Christ and make manifest the savor of His knowledge by us in every place. There is not a time the devil comes against you. My sister back there that we prayed for today, there's not a time that the devil comes against you with any symptoms, any attack, any negative reports, any pain, any whatever it is that you're, that you're facing or going through that God doesn't give you, you and I the ability to win and, and make a way of escape where there seems to be no way. If Satan hinders you, don't quit. If Satan opposes you, sends opposition against you, sends attacks against you, sends people lying about you, against you, keep holding on to the Word. Add patience to your faith. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Hang on. It's worth holding on to. And you have what Satan doesn't have. You have patience. Say, I have patience. And patience is my friend, not my enemy. If Satan hinders you, don't say, I've tried this faith stuff. It doesn't work for me. Just pick your faith back up and hit it harder the next time. Always means always. In Texas, I said always means always. He always causes me to triumph. The, the byline of this church is in the, in the heart of this pastor is that, is that uh, his desire is that we always triumph in God's best. Always means always, not part of the time, not most of the time. Everybody say always. always. Now everybody likes one short, one round fights. When you're a baby Christian, that may be all you can handle. But any, any of you ever had those one rounders? I mean, you prayed, you believed, man, it came in, it came through. Man, praise God, and you just kind of, man, come on, Mr. Devil. Just bring it on. You know, kind of a little bit of, a little bit of pride there, you know. I know we hadn't, none of y'all done that. <laughs> when, I first, when I first got in faith, man, I was like, man, praise God. I got, I got healed of cancer and it was like, boom, just almost instantaneously. The next year, when the devil attacked our son, I mean, it was a long three-month battle with a little baby just, you know, on the verge of death. And that was, that was a long three-month night. And I, I mean, we cried out to God and we did everything. But I'm telling you, know, I mean, I, I, but when I got healed of cancer, praise God, this is the way it is all the time. Hallelujah, one-rounder. Man, you come on, come on, Mr. Devil, just bring it on. Man, this time he came and, 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 oh, and he, he sent a little higher-ranking demon. And, and, and now... You know, when I hit him with the word, then he, he, I got in the ring 
second round, and I, I figured he's gone. He hit me back. I mean, my nose is bloody, and I'm down on the, I'm down on the, uh, on the canvas, and I'm thinking spiritually, and I'm thinking, this isn't what they taught me. This isn't the way it was supposed to be. And so I got back up and hit him again. And he got back up and hit me again. And I mean, the wind kept blowing in round three. And man, praise God, they didn't teach me this. <laughs> they didn't talk about this. You know, now I, got a, I can't see out of one eye. I'm kind of limping around. You know, I can, my Jesus, I, somebody else, <laughs> could I do the... Could I do the, the world, world, WM, world wrestling, wrestling thing and tag somebody and you come in? And, you know, I mean, I'm looking around for help in the middle of the night and holding on to the word and not knowing what's going on. But I'm telling you, we, I, I finally just, you know, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hold on to the word. And if I die holding on to the word, then I die. And I know that's not a good confession, but that's where I was. And that, and that may be where some of you are. You love the one-round fights. But you're a deceived individual if you think every fight's going to be a one-round fight. Because the devil finally will wake up. Why is it you can get your prayers answered like that one time, and another time it's, it's, it's a fight? But it's a good fight because if you'll hold on to the Word and add what? Add patience to your faith, you'll win. It's a good fight because you win, and it'll be a better fight if you make patience your friend. And so the next time you have that, you, you know, you win that first one rounder, man. And but then he sends, then he sends a higher ranking demon, and man, this time you get your nose bloodied a couple times. This time you don't have that testimony quite so quickly. This time, you know, you're having to fight, you're having to hold on, you're having to stand. You know everything, you know, and but after but after a time you win. Then the next time, you know, it's a it's a higher ranking demon. And this, see, he he now, and this is what he spoke to Janice and I over the over the fight over our son Michael, who is now uh, Andrew Womack's daily television producer, responsible for producing his program that goes to half of the world. And he spoke, he spoke to us, he said, this is a fight over your ministry. We didn't have a ministry. We didn't have a ministry. This is an attack against your ministry. He, he, he was scared to death of Michael living and doing what he's doing today and us holding on to the Word and having this testimony to tell you that I've come to tell you that that long three-month night turned into victory and so will yours. Just don't, just, and, and now, we are, we, are, we are about to land. About to land. Just, just don't get deceived into thinking that all of your fights are going to be one-rounders. One day, you may face the incredible Hulk demon. And you've prayed, you've quoted the word, you've shouted up and down the aisle, you've turned in prayer requests to the power tower, and nothing's working. It looks like, in fact, it's, you're, you're gro you're, it's worse than it is better. I mean, you know, you, <laughs> I mean, you get up, and boom, you're back down on the canvas. You get up, quoting the word, my God always supplies all my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I've been sowing. I'm not just making that confession. I'm sowing toward that and boom, you're back on the canvas and you know, you get a friendly note from the IRS and you know, whatever it is, whatever it is or they're, they're going to come take your car away or whatever, you know, or your family away or whatever. And, and you get back up and you're quoting the word and you're sowing. You can't stop me from giving. You can't stop me from holding on to the word. And, and then you, you hit him again. And then you get back up and he hits you again. And man, now it's, tw it's 12 rounders. It's a thriller from Manila. And you know, it's 13 rounds and 14 rounds and 15 rounds. And now you can't see out of either eye. 
You, can't, you don't even know if you're breathing right. You don't know if you're alive. But you go back to the Word and said, my God always causes me to triumph in Christ. And if He hits you again, you rise up with the Word and said, now thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph in Christ. And if He hits you again, it's another round. You just keep answering the bell. Pastor Bob Nichols said, the key to success is you keep showing up. But when you show up, you show up with the Word of God and say, now thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph. And I've hooked that fish. I believe God with all my heart. And I'm, I'm making patience, my friend. And I don't care if it's 16 rounds, 17 rounds, 18 rounds, 20 rounds. I've got something. You've got something the devil doesn't have, and that's patience. I add that to my faith, and I say, always, 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 always. And I don't know what round it's going to be because I'm throwing away the clock. I'm throwing away the calendar. I'm just answering the bell, but I'm answering it with the word. And I don't know what, what round it is, but there's some round. He's not, he's not going to show up and they're going to lift my arms. They might be bruised. <laughs> I, might, I might not look like a victor, but they're going to lift my arms and put the belt on me and I'm going to reel that fish in. And I'm going to say, I stand there in faith that my God always causes me to triumph in Christ. Amen. Stand to your feet and give Him praise. Come on, give Him praise. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. Always. 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 Always, my God, always causes me to triumph in Christ. Always, always means this battle I'm in. Always means God will never leave me or forsake me. Always means that I'm His Son and He'll take care of me and He'll see me through. And all I've got to do is add, make patience, my friend, and add patience to my faith and keep answering that bell. And that, that, I, I will end up pulling that fish in the boat. I will end up with that belt on saying I'm a victor. Because you know why? In the spirit realm, I already am. In the spirit realm, you already are. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, if you've dropped, you've, 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 you were like God did, your feathers, you, you, got, you got a hold of the Word of God, but, but the clock became a greater factor to you than the Word. The calendar told you that it wasn't going to happen for you. But today, you've got revelation that you're going to make patience your friend. And you're going to agree with God that, that now, thanks be unto God, He always causes me to triumph. You got a hold of the Word, but you'll just be honest with me and say, you know, Pastor Greg, I, I, you know, I got a hold of the Word in an area of my life, but I dropped it. I let it go. You can pick it back up this morning. You can pick it back up today. You can pick it back up today. And make, add, make patience your friend. Add patience to your faith. And then you will be one of those. I don't, I don't know what, how many rounds it's going to be. I don't know how much time. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You have something the devil doesn't have. You've got patience. That means you have outlasting power over the enemy. Say, I have something the enemy doesn't have that will help me inherit my promise. And that something is patience that I make my friend today. In Jesus' name. Now, if you drop something in faith because of the calendar or the clock,
And today you say, Pastor Greg, I'm just I'm picking it back up. I'm picking it back up, and I'm, I'll never drop it again for the sake of the calendar, the clock. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to that. I'm gonna make patience, my friend. Reel that fish in. If that's you, just lift your hand. All over the building. I see us, man, all over the building. Praise God. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. I want to pray with you. In Jesus' name, keep your hand up. In Jesus' name, Father, I agree with these precious friends. I agree with them. In Jesus' name, for this to become revelation to them. That, Father, they have the patience of God. They don't have to try to get it. It's in them. It's part of your nature, Lord. And, Lord, may, may they be, as a result of this today, they, they may be partakers of the divine nature. Lord, that they'll determine they're going to outlast the devil. Lord, that, that you always cause them to triumph in Christ. And, Lord, they will reel that fish in. They will bring in what you've promised. They will inherit the promise, Father, because you always cause them to triumph. Say that with me. Thank you, Lord. Your Word is true. I judge you faithful. No matter what I've been through, no matter how much time it's been, since, since I first believed, I lock in to the promise of God. And I declare today, you are faithful. I judge you faithful. And I declare today, you always cause me to triumph. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a shout. Come on. Give